Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoyed today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. It is great to see all of you this morning. I am so glad that you are here today. We've prayed uh, about this day, coming into this day, and I'm very excited uh, to have a number of people that's a part of our staff share with you uh, what we feel God is doing here. The one thing that uh, you'll hear us talk about all the time is that we are a refuge of grace Uh, We've wrestled with that. We've looked at that. I've spent a lot of time praying that ask God to bring some clarity and direction around that. You know, the amazing thing about a refuge of grace uh, is it's not something that we can build. It's not something that we can accomplish. It's what God is doing. And so we're going to look at the word grace a little bit uh, later on this morning. We're going to look at some directional pieces that God has for us. Uh, But I want us to take a step back this morning uh, and hear from several of our staff members of the various areas where God is using this ministry. Because whenever we look forward, we have to know where we've been and where we're at so that we can then catch a glimpse of what God is doing in the pathway forward. Uh, And so a part of that will be looking at the specific ministries that we have as a church, as Warner Christian Academy, and as our thrift store and our outreach center or our, our resource center. All of these make up what we believe God's mission is for us as a church. And so Pastor Brooke is going to come and share with us first. Uh, Pastor Brooke has been on staff with us for about, it's about a year and a half now. Um, she is our family ministries pastor. Uh, she works very close uh, with our school and also coordinating uh, with our family ministries here. Uh, and she has been an amazing gift to this ministry as a bridge in making sure that we are walking together in unity. So Pastor Brooke, I'll let her share. And then uh, Pastor Jordan is going to come up and share uh, right after her. Pastor Michael said I work closely with the school. And so what I do over there um, is I'm the campus ministry pastor. And actually, I just want to start off by saying I'm coming up on, in June will be two years of being here, and just how much of a blessing um, it's been to be here and to be able to be in ministry. It's just been so cool to, to see what God's been doing, not only just in my own life, but to see what he's doing in individual lives and at the church and the school as a whole. Um, yeah, so at uh, Warner Christian Academy, I am the campus pastor, and so what I mainly do with that is our chapels. So every Thursday, our 7th through 12th graders come in here uh, in, in this sanctuary, and we do a lot like what we're doing today. We have worship, and uh, my husband leads that, and he'll talk about that and the team we have. We have an awesome team of students that actually help us run chapel, anything from tech to worship to stagehands, so that's incredible just to see how that's grown. 
Um, and then thankfully, uh, our staff makes my job really easy because I have to find speakers. Um, I speak, but you know, they don't want to hear me every week, and so I have to speak, find some other speakers. And we have so many people on our team between uh, Pastor Michael and Pastor Jordan and uh, Pastor Ashley and Pastor Morgan. They make my job so easy because they all connect with the students so well. And so over the last couple of years, we've um, had the privilege and the honor of seeing students come to know Jesus and make that first-time decision. I believe last year we had uh, around 12 or 13 students come to know the Lord, and so that's just been such a blessing to see that and just see how God's working in the school. Um, and I know I've worked in public school, and so being over at Warner, it's, um, it's different, right? It's just different because there are teachers there, there are the faculty there, everyone loves the Lord, and that's the primary focus. And so uh, being able to serve the students in that way has been really awesome, so cool, and just such a blessing. Um, so chapels have been going really well this year. We're really excited. We have Spiritual Emphasis Week um, coming up in two or three weeks, the last week of March. We do one in the fall, and we do one in the spring. Uh, we have a gentleman, Pastor Antoine Ashley. He's going to be coming. We're going to be doing a special Wednesday night service. You'll hear more about those things to come. But the Spiritual Emphasis Week, we do three chapels, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for our high school students, and then two for our elementary. And it's just a week to focus even more on God, to, to get them in here, to hear the word, and to just worship him. And so we're very excited about that. You're invited to that. Um, if you would like to come and see what our chapels look like, please come. Um, but that's just kind of a little snippet of, of what it looks like over at Warner and what we do in here every Thursday. So if you ever want to come, please feel free. You can shoot me an email. I would love to have you um, come and be a part of our services. And then here at Whitechapel, um, we have our kids' ministry, and so I help oversee that, and it's just been growing. Um, I think we maybe quadrupled in size over the last like six months, and so we've, we've seen our, our kids' ministry just keep growing, which is so awesome, and we've seen our uh, volunteers keep growing, you know, our volunteer team growing, and so if, again, if you uh, want to volunteer in kids, if that's a passion of yours, please let me know. We, we can always use more volunteers. But it's been such a blessing just to see the people who volunteer their time um, during service and you know go and watch service after, but to just pour into our kids. Um, that's just so important that we're pouring into the next generation. And I think if you would have, well, not I think, I know, if you would have asked my husband and I if we ever thought we would be youth pastors, it would have been an immediate no. Um, but God had different plans, and it's actually just become such a passion of ours, and we love it so much. And just being around youth and just seeing that passion for God grow and that knowledge for God grow has just been amazing. And every summer we get to do some camps. We go to Passion Camp right here in Daytona and we get to just see thousands, literally thousands of students worshiping the Lord. And so being in student ministry has been really cool. Uh, we meet every Wednesday night here. Uh, we start in the gym and then we come over here. And again, I'll let my husband talk about the worship side of that a little bit more, but he leads that. And we have students who are leading in that as well. So we're seeing these, these young leaders being raised up. And um, I know that a lot of you support that, whether it be financially or uh, as a leader at the youth group or helping at the school, so thank you for that. Um, again, it's just so important that we're pouring into the next generation, and it's amazing that we have Warner Christian right here where we can do that really easily. We have such a huge opportunity there. If you ever want to serve there, you just, just let uh, Pastor Michael or myself know, and we can, we can get you plugged in. But that's a little bit of um, just the, what's been going on in those few ministries, and yeah, I just 
feel so blessed to be here and to be able to get to do what I do. And I think God is really moving and he's doing something both here and at the school. So I'll hand it over to my husband, Pastor Jordan. Hi. Isn't she lovely? She is. She's so lovely. Um, guys, thank you so much for um, just having us here to minister to you. We, we love what we get to do. We truly love what we get to do. And um, I got hired here in August of 2019 and was like, oh, this is amazing. And then 2020 came and that was pretty different, right? That was like, whoa, first year of ministry is digital ministry. Um, but God's been really, really, really awesome to us. And we've been so blessed to be able to minister to this body. And um, yeah, like doing the youth thing, that was new, but we've been doing that two and a half years now, and um, we've seen such growth, like legitimately the youth group has grown three times the size, um, it's, it's pretty amazing, like we, for, for a long time, we had like anywhere from eight to 12 kids, and now pretty average, we, we have 35 kids, and that's, for our size church, that's, that's not a small thing, that's a really awesome thing, and so, um, I want you to be encouraged that, like, statistically speaking, our, our church is reaching the next generation. Our church is doing that. And so you may not get to see that on a Wednesday, but that's why we're up here to tell you that that's what's happening, that we are reaching the next generation. And um, God's doing something through that. We're, we're trying our very best to, to instill discipleship and to teach the word because we know that at such a young age, if they don't have that and and we know this, if they go off to college without that firm foundation in the word and in Christ, it kind of like, it falters, right? The world is coming after our kids. The world is waging war for our kids. And if we don't fight for them, they're going to get our kids, okay? And so we're doing that fight. And, and you guys, we couldn't do that fight without you. We couldn't do that without you supporting what happens. We couldn't do that fight without you trusting that we could throw a couple teenagers up here to, to lead us in worship, right? And so kudos to you guys for being brave and doing that and upskilling. And, and that's so amazing. And that's, we're just so blessed that we get to do that and we get to invest in them and, and pour our lives out into them. And so um, that doesn't happen without you guys giving and praying and trusting us, really. And so we thank you so much for that. Um, I don't know if you enjoy the worship or not, but I feel like it's getting better all the time. And uh, I feel like we're going from strength to strength and, and legitimately for, you know, three and a half years, we've been building our teams and, and, and the teams that you don't see even off the platform have been growing too. And, and that's, that's just a testament of the willingness of our church to, to step in and to serve and to, to have a hand up and say, I, I want to help. I want to help build what God's doing, right? And so... That makes me think of something I want to share this morning that um, in Psalm 127, it says that the builders labor in vain unless God builds the house, right? The builders labor in vain unless God builds the house and God is building. He's doing something here. He's doing something here. And so whatever sacrifice you make, whatever service you give, I want you to know that it's not in vain because God is building something. He's doing something amazing in this place. And, and, and we've seen the fruit of that. Like, it's amazing to look back on a few years. Like, I haven't been here a long, long time compared to a lot of you. I know that. But in the few short years I've been here, I've seen the hand of God upon it. I've seen him grow what he wants to grow. And, uh, 
and yeah, he's so good. He, he, he's blessing what we're doing. And so I'm, I'm proud of what we're doing. I'm excited to keep pressing on and moving forward and going from strength to strength and trusting what God has for this body because he's doing something amazing. And, and uh, if you want to be involved, man, we just finished a serve wall in there. You can grab one of the cards and join a team and you can, you can, you can lend a hand to the work that's happening in this place. This isn't a spectator sport, right? Where this is all of us together building God's church for the sake of the kingdom. And, and, we know that he's working, he's building, and so the work that we do is not in vain. So we thank you for that, Pastor Michael. Thank you, sir. Uh, Pastor Jordan is um, a vital part of what God is doing and this being a training ground, and we'll talk about that in a minute. I'm going to ask um, Lillian Olson's going to come up. Uh, and share with us. Lillian has stepped into uh, overseeing our thrift store and our outreach um, center. And so we used to have a thrift store, and we're intentional about calling it a thrift store and an outreach center, because it's not just a thrift store to sell stuff to put that money into our budget. Uh, we take 100% of the funds that come from the um, thrift store and then we reinvest those back into outreach. And Lillian has been with us about six, seven months now, uh, right in there somewhere. Um, and she has, um, she's a, a gifted administrator. She's great at organization. And so she's been a great asset in being able to uh, come in and help us streamline some things. And so Lillian's going to share with us for a few minutes here. What an honor and a privilege it is uh, to be here, to be part of this community, uh, to be the hands and feet of our Lord. And this gift is bountiful. It's all of us because it's because of everyone here that these things happen. And in our store, Miss Felicia, she's one of our team members. She actually started uh, with our thrift store before I did. But these things couldn't happen with people like her and Nyla, Misty, Miss Eileen. Also, she is what I call her my TNT. She's there Tuesdays and Thursdays, and what a blessing it is to have her. Not to mention our wonderful ladies, Miss Melanie, Miss Jenny, Miss Jessie, Miss Donna. These ladies come in and volunteer their time every week. It's because of you that we're successful, because God is guiding and you're obeying. Like Jordan had mentioned three times, You've increased the youth that's in your service. Same here with the thrift store. When I first started from June to September, October, October, we had an average of like 125 people that we served. This last month, we're up to 335. And each month, it has increased. So these... Your hands are reaching these people. We're feeding. And this, these are just people that we're servicing. That doesn't mention all the other people that come in and support us. It's such an honor and a blessing to be part of this. I mean, every day that we're there, you can feel God moving. You see God moving. There's been times that... Um, I'm like an old mother in the cupboard. You know, I, if my cupboards are low or getting empty, 
I start panicking. I want to get that filled. I don't like it empty. I get people coming tomorrow that need to eat. And God has really been working on me with patience. He says, let me, let me do it. I wasn't there, but uh, we had a guest from out of state, and they donated $100 just because of they seeing God moving in our thrift store. What a blessing is that? Going to Second Harvest, uh, we go there and we get our meats now since November. What a blessing that is. And sometimes we get freebies. We got uh, five cases of prepared ready food which fed 60 people. Not, nothing out of our pockets. This is God providing what we need. So I'm learning, I'm growing, and I am so blessed to have such a beautiful church, such a loving family, because you are my family. So thank you. Uh, and uh, our school is Warner Christian Academy and Preschool. Uh, we serve um, preschool students all the way through 12th grade. Uh, and this is uh, our mission statement. This year we changed our mission statement. Mike Piliot is going to come. He's our secondary principal, but he's going to get to speak for all of the school. Uh, we changed our mission statement as a school this year. Uh, we really wrestled with what, what do we feel God has for us as a school and we believe that Warner Christian Academy and Preschool exists to partner with families in shaping students in the image of Christ by helping them discover truth and academics in athletics and arts. Uh, the T here is capitalized. I made a mistake on that one. And the reason the T is capitalized is because we know that the truth is Jesus. Uh, Jesus is in academics. Jesus is in athletics. Jesus is in arts. And we believe that our school, preschool through 12th grade, we have the responsibility to help the students be shaped in God's image so that they can discover Jesus in every area of our life. Uh, Mike serves as our secondary principal. Mike's been with us for coming up on two years now. And um, Neely Walton serves as our elementary principal, and uh, Melissa Rodriguez serves as our preschool director. And, but Mike, I ask him to come up and share with us on behalf of the school uh, and some of the exciting things that God is doing at Warner Christian Academy and Preschool. So everybody else came up without anything, and I have six pages. I was told I have till noon, <laughs> so buckle up. Normally I'm more prepared, just saying. So Warner Christian Academy and Preschool exists to partner with families in shaping students into the image of Christ by helping them discover truth in academics, athletics, and arts. And that's a direct extension of one, uh, well, all six of the dreams for Whitechapel Church from the past. And very specifically, number two was about sending out leaders through the church, yes, but WCA as well. And so I've got just, I, I have more than I, I'm going to share. We decided to make Bible class no longer the redheaded stepchild of the Christian school, 
right? Some of you may be raised in Christian schools. You're like, my chemistry teacher teaches biology, and, you know, my PE teacher teaches Bible class, and everyone has a Bible class, and they're not necessarily gifted. So we gave it a credit. We made it one of our core subjects, and we have a Bible department instead of spreading it around amongst everybody because we can't find someone passionate, willing, talented, gifted. But we have those people now. We've intensified our biblical worldview. We've adopted BJU Press in the other four core courses, and we replaced uh, our, our we had Mrs. Elliott, who was an English teacher, who now heads the Bible department. We hired an English teacher, and I looked at her calendar one day, and it said, research and writing, research and writing, research and writing. You high school kids know she loves to make you write everything. We held a tight line on admitting new students with particular admissions criteria now. We have an overt philosophy to teach Spanish. We live in Florida, by the way, right? The number two language spoken in the United States is Spanish. And we would be remiss if we were not at least coherent in some way to be able to speak to people in their heart language, in their heart tongue, at least to some degree. We have an academic coordinator who gets after it. She's everybody's mom, and she will yell at you when you need to be yelled at and encourage you when you need to be encouraged as well. We have an athletics director who's quote-unquote part-time, but he's here all the time. He's increased our athletics already. It's been an amazing, and amazing thing. We have high school math instructors who are certified to teach math. That's been a thing. Um, we have a Spanish instructor. We've got accreditation by FACS, Cognia, MSA, NPCSA. I could give you the names. I don't know what they are. We have high school credit courses in middle school. We have Algebra One. we have Spanish, we have physical science. These kids can get ahead of the game. We've made a flip back in our senior trip from strictly leaving and having fun to being missions and ministry focused with, of course, fun as well, right? And we have some dreams for that for the future. Biology and chemistry are required. We've moved our science curriculum down a year, meaning they're doing things earlier so that they have more opportunities for later on. We've got a football coach. We had a football coach who began a program, eight man. We hired another guy, uh, and he has created excitement. We're moving to 11-man football. It's been a pretty wonderful thing thus far. We have SAT in school, which is awesome. We're going to do it for the juniors in school. We do the PSATs in school, 7th through 12th grade. Looking at college and career readiness, we've partnered with Bob Jones University for people who have um, an inclination to be teachers. They get dual enrollment credit. They practice hands-on. They teach lessons. For the future, we have some co-curricular requirements, all kind of crazy, no one cares. We're offering calculus, we're offering AP biology, we've got physics. We have academic courses that are, are coming back to Warner, which is a good thing. We've created and are creating a middle school. Sixth grade is moving over to the scary secondary. We will have a six, seven, and eight um, true middle school. We're looking to partner with colleges, especially uh, Christian colleges, in what their um, education departments want so we can get 
their teachers, get their interns, etc. And we have some dreams. To extend upon um, the dreams given to this church, our dreams, we, we want to we change the school culture, to shape the school culture, to be gospel-driven, to have school pride, missions-minded and focusedness beyond, beyond our walls, to get our kids to think beyond our walls and beyond themselves. I have dreams of partnering, partnering with Latin American schools. I have dreams of a class called Spanish with a Mission and going overseas and meeting other people getting teens together with teens from other countries to talk to one another. We're looking at missions trips. We have homeschooling options, a la carte classes. Kids are now available to come on campus if their parents choose to partner with us. And to send out leaders, the dream number two for the church, sending out leaders, we typically thought of this as students. We need to build a K through 12 school so we can shape a biblical worldview into students and send them out. But we have another dream as well. I want to send out teachers. And I kind of put that to you guys because what does that even mean? I think part of the school is faculty and staff. How are we training them? How do we disciple faculty and staff? How do we... Um, foster their God-given passion to go beyond the walls of this church, this school, beyond the walls of this city, this state, and this country. I love that. How do we get those people in? I want them here. I want them trained. I want to disciple them. I want to love on them and nurture them and then send them away, right? It makes, that, it makes my job harder because I have to bring more people in, but I need your help. How does this work? How does this happen? What does that even look like to get people here, young folks, out of college, you know, their first job? We keep them here a couple of years. We train them up. We send them away. How does that look? How does it work? So, I'll, you know, you can send me an email, impiliata at wcaeagles.org. Let me know. On a non-school side, we have uh, a little bit about uh, what, what my lovely bride calls Outpost 80. It's our little donut ministry on the street. It's out, it's out there, and it's 80 feet away from the door, so she calls it Outpost 80. So we have a, we have a ton of people who walk by. Uh, today, no one walked by, but every single car seemed to honk at us today, which was fascinating. We've had folks stop and just say, wow, you guys are here every single week, and I just wanted to give money to your donut fund. And it's like, sweet, that's awesome. Um, but what do we do? A lot of times, most of the people that walk by, uh, we end up having to talk Spanish to. They're, they're opening, um, you know, at 10 o'clock or what have you over here at El Tequilas. They work over there or they work at uh, various places. They're, they're from Nicaragua. They're from Honduras. They're from uh, Mexico. They're from all kinds of places, Colombia. And most of them say, you know what we need? And, and I'm putting this to you guys because I don't know how to do it. I only sound bilingual, right? Um, but I'm not. No hablo español. No entiendo nada. These guys, you know what they want? English. They say, I need to, I must learn English. I have to learn English to be able to stay here in the United States. How do we do that? They come walking by our church. I don't know. If anyone has any ideas, I'm willing to hear I think it would be awesome. How can we get them sitting next to you 
hearing what Pastor Michael has to say maybe translated into Spanish. I think that would be awesome. I don't know. These are dreams. I'm throwing this out here, like chucking the spaghetti on the wall to see if it sticks, right? I have no idea. These, that's why they're dreams. It'll hit somebody. It will impact somebody. So just know that the school as an extension of the church, God is moving. God is moving. I hear stories all the time about um, people come out of Bible class, and they're walking down the halls, and they're still talking about what was just happening in Bible class. That's fantastic. I love that, and we need to keep that going on. So I'm going I'm to quit because um, I can imagine the, uh, the hook coming very, very soon. But pray for the school. Pray for the staff. Okay? Um, pray to keep that passion alive with folks so that we can continue the dreams that God has for this school and this church. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'll let you keep it. You can just keep it. So... Um, what I hope that you are able to hear from everyone, um, and I asked Mike to share uh, more in detail because of the size of the school ministry, um, I hope that you're able to hear that God is moving at, at Whitechapel Church in every area of this ministry. Uh, and I had Mike share last um, so that um, we're able to see that we are more than just a church. Um, but what's important for us to realize, we are a church with lots of various ministries. And in all of these various ministries, what we have to do is really clarify the vision, the mission that God has for us. And so I'm not going to preach a traditional sermon this morning. I'm not going to go through um, lots of different things. But I do want to share just some things that God has really uh, impressed upon my heart. And so I've been here for, uh, our family has been here. I had the privilege of being with you uh, for just over two years. And in this two years, one of the things the Lord really pressed me is go back and let's, let's look at our history. Where has God moved in the past so that we can understand what God is doing right now? And that is vital. And so if we were to go all the way back to the beginning, we've talked about it on Sunday morning. We've celebrated it. Uh, in 1932, God impressed upon Grace Bevel's heart that uh, she needed to start a Sunday school to reach the kids in this community, specifically what she described as some roughhousing boys. And so from the very beginning of this ministry, uh, 91 years ago, our mission has been to serve the families of this community. Uh, that was God's dream for us. That's why he birthed this ministry into existence. And so what I want you to capture this morning is this ministry is a training ground for God's children. That's who we are. We're a training ground for God's children. And a part of that is us being trained so that we can operate in this community. A part of that is as we are trained, we're sending out people into the world so that they can experience a refuge of grace. But I believe a part of that is people coming into this ministry so that they can be trained and then also sent out. That is a refuge of grace in action. But what we have to understand is what is grace? If we're going to be a refuge of grace, then we have to know what grace is. 
Because I would almost uh, venture to guess that if we were to go around the room this morning and we were to ask, what do you define grace as? What, is, what do you define grace? What is grace to you? We would probably get almost as many different answers as there are people in the room. But there are two things that I want to focus on, on what grace actually is. Grace is a pardon for us. And so whenever we receive God's grace, we receive that pardon from God. And that is the pardon that forgives us of our sins. And so that pardon that we receive, that pardon, grace as a pardon, is something that God actually does for us. And so we receive. God did it for us. We can't do it on our own. There's no way that we could pay that debt. We receive his grace. He did that for us. So grace as a pardon is something God did for us. But grace does not end there. And so we can't think refuge of grace, and that's everybody receiving a pardon for sin, and the work actually stops. Because if you look at Jesus' ministry, he didn't come to the earth and then that pardon or his work end after the pardon. But he said, and we've been studying this in the book of Acts, he said that his kingdom was in this moment right now. And so then we see grace actually do something in us that is actually for his kingdom in this world. And so we receive grace as a pardon, but we also receive grace as power. Now watch this. It's then what God does in us for his kingdom. So grace is not just what God does for us, but it's what God does in us. And this is why we are a training ground for God's children. Because we have to not only let people experience what God has done for them, but also so that they can experience what God has done in them to impact, his, to impact this world for his kingdom. And this is why God has God dreamed for this ministry to come into existence, that we would not only be a church with a thriving uh, adult ministry, a, tri a thriving a youth ministry and children's ministry, but then also as a preschool through 12th grade, also as a thrift store and an outreach center. And every one of these ministries fits into grace as pardon and grace as power as a training ground as a refuge of grace. But what is important that we have to actually grasp, and we are the ones that are responsible for working at this, is we have to make sure that every aspect of this ministry is unified. Now, I just want to be real for just a few minutes. If we were to go back and we were to study the attacks of the enemy in this ministry over the last 90 plus years, 91 years. Every attack of the enemy in this ministry has been an attack against the unity of those that are part of this ministry. Every attack, bar none. So I, I could take you to years as I've studied. I could take you to, uh, to, to, to naming some incidences. And those, that have you, that, those of you that have been here, you would say, yep, that's exactly what it was. It was an attack of the enemy against the unity of this ministry. To the point... At one point to where we were operating as a church and we were operating as a school and there wasn't a bridge. There was no unity there. Listen, the school 
was birthed out of this church. The school is a part of this church ministry. The school vision was given to this church to see it come to pass. It cannot be separated from who Whitechapel Church is. Because that school is a part of the training ground that God has for us as a refuge of grace. In raising up students so that they discover truth in academics, athletics, and the arts. So that then as they operate as adults, they are sent out into the world with Jesus Christ knowing what he did for them and then what he has done in them. So we have to be the guarders, the defenders of unity. It's not separate. It's together with us. It can't be separated. And so what I have been working so hard to do over the last two years that I've been here is making sure that we continue what began before I got here in this quest for unity as one ministry, one ministry, in one refuge of grace together so that we work and under that one vision, that one umbrella that God has for us. It's true for the thrift store. It's true for our outreach efforts. It's true for every area of this ministry. You can't separate the youth ministry all by itself. You can't separate the adult ministry all by itself. We're all in this unified together as a refuge of grace in this training ground. So I've wrestled with um, a passage of scripture um, and prayed that God would give, give me a, a scripture that is who we are. Because God has spoken in Scripture, and God speaks to us still today, but it never contradicts the Scripture. Uh, and anytime we sense God doing something, we have to go back to the Scripture to make sure that it is true. Uh, we can't separate what God says or impresses on our hearts today from Scripture, because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I've wrestled, God, give me a Scripture and I've, I've, I've prayed for quite some time. What is that scripture that defines who we are as a church? And a couple of weeks ago, God gave me Psalm 73, verse 28. And this is what I share with you today. This is who we are. I, I believe this with every ounce of my being. We are Psalm 73, verse 28. And this is what the psalmist says. But as for me, it's good to be near God. That's why we gather on Sunday morning, right? So that we together can be near God. We're near God outside of this. But so that we can be near God and encourage each other in worship and the study of his word. And then the second part of this is, I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. We are a refuge of grace. And whenever we make him our refuge and we receive what he did for us and then operate in what he did in us, then we can get to this last part, which is I shall tell of all of your deeds. Three parts. It's good to be near God. I've made the sovereign Lord my refuge and I will tell of all of your deeds. And so if we then break those three parts down, this is what it is. Seek his presence, serve as a refuge of grace, and speak of his deeds. I don't like taking words and making them all start with the same letter. But here we are. Um, it was just a natural. It was just a natural thing. We are seeking his presence. We are serving as a refuge of grace. 
And then we speak of his deeds. And if everything we do operates within the framework of these three things, then we are a unified, uh, a unified ministry that is on mission as a refuge of grace. Seek his presence. We're here Sunday morning seeking his presence. We're here gathering together in worship and the study of his word, our community groups and our time together. We are just seeking his presence. We then go on our way continuing to seek his presence. We are serving as a refuge of grace. One thing I want to encourage you to do is as you leave the sanctuary this morning, look over to the right. There is a serve wall that we put up this morning. There are some cards underneath there that have a number of different ways that you can serve as a refuge of grace in this unified ministry. We want you to be in service as a refuge of grace. Every one of us have a part to play. We're all a piece of God's puzzle. And if you are not serving, then we are not doing our job because there's more than just seeking his presence. We have to get practical with that. And as we get practical with that, what we begin to do is serve as a refuge of grace. And in serving as a refuge of grace, that's when we celebrate what God has done in you, not just for you. So serve as a refuge of grace. Stop by the wall. If you're not serving, look at the cards and pick one of those cards up. All the details and contact information are on those cards. And then the last, we have to speak as deeds. We have to speak as deeds. And this is us as a training ground, as a training ministry. It's just telling what God is doing, telling what God is doing over and over. That's why we have a preschool through 12th grade. That's why we have this thrift store and this outreach center. That's why we have a variety of different other things that are part of this ministry. We're just telling what God has done so that people experience what God has done for them and then in them in this refuge of grace. So we're just seeking his presence. We're serving as a refuge of grace, and then we're just speaking his deeds. And so as I begin to wrestle with this and, and celebrate that we are, Psalm 73, verse 28, excited about what God is doing in this training ground as a ministry, one of the things that I began to pray through is the mission that God then has for us. It was clarified and spelled out in seeking, serving, and speaking uh, in Psalm 73, verse 28. But one of the things that God really impressed upon our, on, on my heart was that Warner Christian Academy, our youth ministry, our children's ministry, our adult ministries, our thrift store, and our outreach, that is not our mission now follow me as, as, as I talk about this for just a second. Those things are great things, but they are not our mission. Our mission is to be a refuge of grace. Those ministries, youth ministry, adult ministry, the school, a thrift store, those things are vehicles or tools to accomplish his mission. You see? And we have to make sure that we see these ministries not as the mission itself, but they are the tools to accomplish his mission as a refuge of grace. And so there will be more tools that the Lord adds to our toolbox, but we have to be careful that the tools do not become the mission in themselves. Because when that happens, we then shift to focusing on saving the tools as opposed to being on mission. 
And as long as we operate in that unity and that clarification, we will always be serving as a refuge of grace. And it all comes with unity at the forefront. One ministry with a lot of different tools inside of the toolbox. And those tools have to constantly be working. They have to constantly be operating. They have to constantly be serving or constantly be moving as a refuge of grace in this training ground that God actually has for us. So what we do is we seek his presence, we serve as a refuge of grace, and we speak his deeds over and over and over again. So what we have to do is we have to make sure that everything that we are a part of in this ministry is actually reflecting a refuge of grace. The tools reflect a refuge of grace. Our facilities reflect a refuge of grace. Our finances, they reflect a refuge of grace. And they are always putting the best foot forward. And so something that elders and I have had some conversation about, and we as a staff have had some conversation about, is we want to spend a good bit of time looking at our facilities, making sure that the best foot forward, so that as people are drawn here by the Lord, He's doing the work, as people are drawn here, they're able to focus on a refuge of grace. And so uh, something that has always bothered me for about two and a half years now that I've been here. And so I'm going to get really, really, really practical for just a moment and really, really, really transparent for just a moment. And I want you to turn to your left and I want you to look at this wall over here. Now, if you look at this wall, the top part of the wall is one color and the bottom part of the wall is another color. And if you look, there's paint peeling off of the walls. This drives me bonkers. Um, and if you look to the right, it's the same way. Uh, it takes me back to uh, the 70s when my dad had a two-tone pickup truck. You remember the cars that had two tones? We've got a two-tone sanctuary. Um, I don't know why it's that way. I know there's a reason for that. I don't know why it is. And some of you could probably tell me, and you'll probably tell me after church, I'm okay. We've just got to fix it. <laughs> um, We've got to look at this building, and we've got to figure out how do we put our best foot forward. And one of the places we put our feet are on the carpet. I'm praying that we'll be able to, to put in new carpet in this sanctuary. Um, don't send me emails about the color of the carpet. Don't, don't do that. We're not talking about carpet colors. We're talking about new carpet, all right? We'll get there. We're all going to listen to what the Lord says, and he's going to reveal the right color at the right time in the right moment. Um, but if you look, there are stains, and there are tears, and there are ravels. And I want us to be proud in this building whenever we walk in, and we can celebrate what God has done. That's a part, I believe, of speaking his deeds uh, by our facilities reflecting what God is doing. Another thing that I would love for us to be able to do, and we've had some conversation with, and we're trying to figure out how this is possible. One thing that I always feel when we're worshiping, I feel disconnected from those that are leading on this platform uh, because the words are so high up there. 
Um, and when I'm watching the words, I'm, I'm looking up at the words, and I'm, I feel like I'm disconnected. And so one of the things we want to do is, is actually bring the screen down. And one of the things that bothers me is the cross is put over here to the side. It's an afterthought. And in a refuge of grace, the cross has to be the center of everything that we do. And so I want to bring this screen down, and I want to put the cross where the screen is, so that when you walk into this sanctuary, you can only experience grace because you're looking at the cross. And then if the cross is the center, we see what God has done for us, and then what God can do in us with a cross as the center. And so... I've looked at this wall that we've had here, and we've wrestled with it, and we've had lots of conversation, and we've really, really studied of what the right thing is to do. How can we actually come together in worship, and we're not disconnected, put the cross at the center of everything that we do? And so I want to share with you a visceral representation of what this platform could actually look like that we're having some conversations about um, as uh, our staff and as our elders. And so what we would love to do is take this wall down and put a wall, a, a video wall back here so that we're not disconnected. This is a to scale um, rendering of what this could look like if you're looking over here from the side. This is our platform. Um, I don't think I'm as tall as either of those three guys that are up there. But, um, but this gives you an idea of what this could actually look like. And I want you to pray through that with us as well. Uh, we have the blessing of being able to have some funds that we were able to save over the last few years um, that we want to be able to put towards this. This is what the uh, view would actually look like if you were up in the balcony of the screen. And what you can see is you can see the words and be a part of what is taking place on this stage. And what we believe, really and honestly, this helps us with our first our first. Uh, our first task as a church to seek his presence so that we can be engaged. And then the last part is it helps us speak of his deeds as a refuge of grace. And so I'm excited about what God is doing here in this ministry. These are some practical things that are here, but this is what I want to leave you with. This is what we talked about last week. This is where you fit into this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says this, now you are the body of Christ. You see, you've received what God has done for you, and then what God has done in you. Each one of you is a part of it. You have a part of this refuge of grace. You are a piece of what God is actually doing here as a refuge of grace. You have a gift that God has given to you. And it fits into one of these three areas. As we seek his presence, as we serve as a refuge of grace, and we speak of his marvelous, amazing deeds. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's word together. Until next time, have a great week.